That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. First Republic, PacWest, Silicon Valley Bank, just a few of the latest casualties in the banking crisis. Don't wait for the email reading, sorry, your account has been frozen. Your accounts aren't safe. Call American Alternative Assets at 866-3USA-GOLD to claim your free gold and silver guide today. Once again, call now, 866-387-2465. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Great to have you with us, and I hope you're having a great day because a lot of what's going on in this country, let's be honest, it isn't really conducive to really great days. To put it mildly, unless you have a well-nurtured sense of humor and proportion. Here are a few dispatches that the Great America Show Intel operatives have intercepted from Marxist Dem operatives, many of them based deep in the very center of the dark D.C. swamp. Some of them open source, I admit. Here we go. And please, much of what you're about to hear is highly sensitive. It may be for some even disturbing or just outrageously absurd. Hunter Biden, in the news, despite the best efforts of Marxist Dems and the deep state to cover for him, it turns out the communist Chinese donors linked to Hunter Biden funneled more than $100 million to the University of Pennsylvania. That university hosts the Penn Biden Center think tank, where bundles of classified documents taken illegally by Joe Biden were found. Still no word from the Biden special counsel on whether Joe Biden will face multiple charges of treason, felonious possession of top-secret material, or stealing such material. Wonder whether that $100 million bought the Chinese the opportunity, perhaps, to read all of those highly classified top-secret documents that Biden had laying around. More reparations talk, you'll be pleased to know. But the Marxist Dems are doing more than talking. Squad member Congresswoman Cori Bush introduced a resolution calling for reparations for descendants of slaves. She and her communist pals have settled on a number that will soothe those descendants, or at least try to. The number is quite large. The opening bid, $14 trillion. Think about that. You have to wonder how Bush and her communist pals forgot to ask for reparations as well from all those folks in Africa who were selling slaves to the buyers. That ought to be worth another $14 trillion as well. But then there probably would have to be a deduction for all the Union Army soldiers who were killed, wounded, and maimed in the Civil War freeing the slaves. That number alone could be substantially higher than the slavery reparations. Think about it. Properly so. And then there might have to be an extra charge for reparations from those people who keep pushing their delusions about reparations into the national media. Silly talk. But so much of what comes out of the Marxist left is just that, right? More good news out of Ukraine. Turns out the Ukrainian military knows a thing or two about air defense. 
The Washington Examiner's Jamie McIntyre reporting that in the ninth air attack already this month, the Patriot missile air defense systems shot down 29 of 30 Russian missiles launched against the capital of Kiev. That's quite a success rate. Let's turn now to our guest, former National Security Agency senior intelligence analyst and whistleblower, Russ Tice. Russ, always great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show as we continue our mostly weekly talks about all things intelligence, national security, and, of course, truth, justice, and the American way. Russ, let's pick up where we left off in our last discussion. You were telling us about Chinese spies in our intelligence agencies. How could it be? Well, I certainly suspected that there was one. Uh, She actually worked for DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, which I worked with at that time, and I was the NSA liaison. So, um, it it, you know, she had and it was all the hallmarks of someone who was involved, you know, with uh, espionage and and she, as we mentioned in our last uh, discussion, and um, basically when her mother showed up and she shouldn't have been there, and her mother was very apparently influential in the Democrat uh, party and and apparently friends with the Clintons for that matter, um, showed up, and that's uh, I think uh, President Clinton was just at his end of his presidency at the time of that this was happening. Um, that's when she showed up and the investigation just disappeared and the counterintelligence uh, uh, officer at DIA um, said that, uh, that the issue was over and he wasn't going to talk any more about it. And the, and the matter went away, as did the suspected uh, Chinese spy then, I, I take it. Is that right, Russ? Well, this this per, this young lady still worked at the agency or at the, you know, the DIA, and interestingly enough, she was automatically uh, given a uh, uh, a government sponsored uh, 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 basically a scholarship to go back to George Washington and get a PhD. So she was she was very quickly shipped out of our office. And and then she kept showing back up at DIA even after she was supposedly now going to work on her PhD, and I thought that was interesting as well. And then finally, when I was at NSA, and and the two uh, FBI agents Cleveland and Smith, uh, you know, they, they came out that they were sleeping with a Chinese, um, you know, uh, spy, and both of them, Cleveland and Smith, were in basically in charge of counterintelligence for the FBI. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, of which one of them I got, he got a 20 year sentence, of, I think Smith did. That's when I called back to the DIA, his, uh, the DIA head of uh, counterintelligence, and said, I, I don't believe the FBI is trustworthy enough to be able to conduct uh, a counterintelligence operation when they themselves are literally sleeping with the enemy. Well, but this is a different spy than the young lady at the DIA, or was it the same spy? No, no, different. This was a different young lady. So there was, yeah, it, was, it, was like a, a, it was big in the news at the time. This was, right. my goodness, over 20 years ago. Right. No, I, it's, it's interesting because we are dealing in the plural here. Uh, there would be the DIA, then the one within the NSA, uh, if indeed that uh, was the case. Uh, it's, it's really amazing because about that same time, uh, Congressman Swalwell was in a, involved in a honeypot uh, with a, uh, with a Chinese spy, uh, nothing, nothing. By the way, happened to him. He did. There was no penalty for his uh, 
uh, dalliance with national security and the CCP, uh, but an FBI agent got uh, 20 months in, in the uh, the Hooskow. 20 years. 20, 20 years? Yeah, 20 wow. years. Uh, so, now, I, I don't know what the, the case is with this congressman from California, but um, now, now if if he was like literally sleeping with the enemy to to feed the enemy false information, you know, uh, to to get back to the you know the mom, the mama uh, homeland in China, th- then that would be very interesting and something that he wouldn't be able to talk about. And then ultimately, that would have been a very uh, patriotic thing to do and with fringe benefits. But um, being yeah, I don't hear any. This- I don't hear anybody, Russ, uh, <laughs> wanting to throw uh, Eric Swalwell a party. Uh, it, it's, it's sort of interesting, uh, and he hasn't but, claimed one. So, but being the fact, being the fact that she got away, and, and then off she goes, and and then nothing else happened, no rep, you know, uh, repercussions uh, have, have happened. Then I, I have a feeling that 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 scenario probably did not play take place, and he's not the uh, the James Bond hero of of the United States. <laughs> Well, not well, not to hear the Republicans tell it anyway. Uh, let, let's pick up on that, though. Uh, the NSA, I, I have, you know, we have had uh, Snowden uh, uh, and other whistleblowers, but there has been, uh, has there been an outright, uh, if you will, a traitor, someone who meant to injure his, uh, his country? I, I don't recall such a person. Do you? Within well, the NSA, there was um, uh, Jonathan Pollard. Oh, um, okay, that's right. Work with the work with the NSA and Navy intelligence, and he sold uh, very very classified to in, Israel uh, to to a foreign nation, Israel, um, and uh, he was basically pardoned by uh, President Obama. And, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, the folks in the intel community, including myself, were outraged when that happened because. Um, he truly was a traitor. You know, this was not some altruistic, um, you know, thing that he was doing for the benefit of, of society or or something that was, you know, to protect our constitution. He was a traitor and sold secrets, and he should he should still be rotting in jail, as far as I'm concerned. Well, let's let's talk about another uh, another uh, individual, and that is uh, Edward Snowden, a a contractor. Uh, working with NSA, who turned over documents. Uh, give us your thinking, your thoughts, your your feelings about him. Well, Edward Snowden was a systems administrator for what's called the JWIC system at NSA. This is a the TSSCI level system, not, not the Black World stuff that I was doing for the SAP programs. But um, you know, so he, his job was basically to to filter. Uh, information to people that that you know would have a need to know. So he's sort of like the guy. He's like the mailman uh, with the the computer mailman. You know, uh, ferreting things out and making sure all the mail is sorted properly, which meant he had an awful lot of access to all that mail. Um, so he wasn't the analyst, but he but he you know he had his hands on it. So obviously, when he was a contractor, uh, he found out that uh, NSA was uh, literally spying on everyone, which. Basically, you know, I told the world years before that, um, and then I think he um, he saw James Clapper lie through his teeth uh, to Congress and said, "No, no, NSA is not not doing any, uh, you know, um, collecting any information domestically against American citizens." While while the sweat is pouring off his bald head, 
so um, I think I take uh, it you I take it you don't like James Clapper. I, I knew him when he was at the Geospatial, and he was a he was not uh, an agreeable individual. No, I didn't care much for General Clapper, but. Um, no, I didn't know the extent that that, that he was. No, nobody there liked him either when he was the director. But um, you know, I had no idea. I had to work with him on on a couple things um, for DIA and NSA. But um, now, and and he's you know now he falls in line with the likes of Hayden and uh, and Brennan and, and and the lot. So we we know you know, you know what what type of individual he is, but. Um, yeah, Snowden. I, I think Snowden let, let out too much information. Personally, I I, I only believe in the you know that the information that's a violation of our laws and our constitution and, and against the American people need to be put out there for the for, for the, I mean, these are criminal acts. But things that we do, you know, if, uh, overseas, that that's our job. Um, now, another thing about Mr. Snowden was um, he was under pressure uh, because when he I I, I believe. When he gave the information to the Washington Times, um, that and, and not the Washington Times, the um, the Washington uh, Post, that um, that he he uh, basically the, the the guy at the Post uh, went to NSA and said, "Hey, we got a whole bunch of information." While Snowden was still in Hawaii, and because I know two and a half weeks before the information came out on Snowden that the Q group, the security group at NSA had their hair on fire and they were searching, desperately searching for a mole. That mole who they were searching for was Ed Snowden. Now, now the question right. is, how did they know that they had a mole? I, I think, um, um, I forget the, the, the guy's name at the Washington post, but, uh, I think he's the one they called and said, Hey, what about this information? And that's, that's when they knew they had a problem. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand that. When who called uh, the reporter at the Post? No, I think the Post reporter who'd already who'd already gotten information from Snowden called NSA and said, "Okay, that's, we have okay. this information." The same way the New York Times did with with the stuff that was involved when when I was lower, um, and th and then of course immediately the NSA knows they have a problem, um, so that's when. They they went on a mad search for a mole, and so that at that point, Mr. Snowden was under pressure. Um, so, I think he what, had to beat feet out of Hawaii as quickly as possible. So, what do you think about him? He's now in Russia. Uh, we're going to we're going to I'm going to ask you this question now. We're going to answer it on the other side of this quick break. But what do you think about him now? He's living in Moscow. Uh, he's married. He has a new life in a new country. What are your thoughts about him as we sit here talking today? And Russ Tice is going to give us those answers. Russ Tice, a former senior NSA Intel analyst. We will continue our conversation in just a moment. Stay with us. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is a warning, my fellow Americans. The news just broke, and it's grim. The banking collapse of 2023 is now more devastating than the banking collapse of 2008. First Republic, PacWest, Silicon Bank, just a few of the latest casualties in this banking crisis. And don't wait for the email reading, quote, Sorry, your account has been frozen, end quote. Take action now to protect what we've all worked so hard to build. Believe me, you can protect your wealth by utilizing a straightforward tax loophole that's entirely legal. Call my friends at American Alternative Assets. Ask them for your free wealth protection guide. Call 866-3USA-GOLD. That's right, call now, 866-386-2465. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without tax consequence. Call American Alternative Assets at 866-3USA-GOLD to claim your free gold and silver guide today. Once again, call now, 866-387-2465. We're back, and thank you. We're talking with Russ Tice, former NSA Intel analyst. We will... uh, Turn to that issue of Edward Snowden, if we may now, Russ. And what are your thoughts about who he is, what he did, and where he stands in uh, the NSA pantheon of those who've stepped outside the circle? Well, I, I, first of all, I think Mr. Snowden, um, he, it almost, it's almost like he wanted some recognition for this, and he wanted to be caught because I believe he could have done this uh, anonymously. Um, and I, I, am, I bet that if he talked to someone about this, that they probably said, hey, you know, look what happened to other whistleblowers like, uh, like myself and, and uh, Mr. Binney and uh, especially um, uh, the one that went to court, um, Mr. Drake, that, uh, you know, you don't have to do this. And he decided that he was, he was going to make a bold statement, and, and he did. Like I said, I think he let he let out information that was that he should not have uh, in bulk. Information injurious to the to the agency and to the U.S. to the United States. Well, for instance, you know, you know, information that, that we're spying on on national leaders from other countries. Now, you know, that's not you know, although kind of everybody knows that's going on. Yeah. But uh, you know, when when you when you throw it out there, it makes for embarrassing, um, you know, politics for the State Department in particular. Um, and some of the other things that he did about, you know, the our, our operations overseas, like um, like some of the cooperation that was happening um, between the NSA and the CIA, um, where we go out and we, we do very technical things overseas. But right. um and, and he he put out the, the the charts from where we had what countries we had those operations in, which to me it, you know you, we don't need to do that. Um, that's something that ultimately when you do that, those countries are going to figure out how we're doing it, and then they're going to close off those avenues. So that uh, avenue of of 
access is now gone. So he did some foolish things, in my opinion. Um, now he did let it up to the to the journalists, where he, you know he said, "Hey, here's a, a morass of information. Please go over it and make sure that, that that nothing in there gets to the public that shouldn't." But but you know, um, and, and I think Glenn Greenwald and company did the best they could. But Glenn Greenwald doesn't have the knowledge of of the intelligence community and what is ultimately super important and, and what is not is to determine what to publish and what not. So in that respect, uh, Mr. Snowden was foolish. On the other hand, you know, he codified what I've been telling the, you know, the world since 2005. So he did me a big favor because now I'm no longer the crazy liar that NSA, you know, made me out to be. So, so it's yeah, sort of was, a double-edged sword. Yeah, a double-edged sword. But when you turn that responsibility over to a journalist, you're already working with a competing force, and that is someone who wants to get everything they possibly can. A journalist properly wants uh, to publish. Uh, the public's right to know. Uh, there's, uh, in the mind of most journalists, uh, there's no limit to what the public should know, uh, from whether it's the JFK assassination or a, a, a national security operation. Most people have the the the, uh, the understanding that the boundary is never put a, a, an American service man or woman in uh, in harm's way, and when you do that, you cross the line whether you're a journalist or whether you're a whistleblower. Uh, it's it's interesting to see the the change over the course of those years uh, since then, though, Russ. Uh, we're now, we have a government that is weaponized against us. We have lots of questions about the integrity of our elections. We have lots of questions about just how much spying is going on. I, I don't think you would find a person who thinks that there's less spying uh, on U.S. citizens in this country by NSA predominantly and other agencies. Uh, do you? I think the public knows the answer now, but I wonder whether the public cares because now they, they buy these little speakers they put in their own homes to to be able to to say, "Hey, I want the lights turned on," or you know, lock or unlock the door. But these these little these little speakers are or can listen in on anything that they're saying in their own homes. So uh, you know, or or a speaker in the the child's bedroom. Um, or one that goes back and forth from the parents' bedroom to the child. Now, now, not only can they listen to what's happening with the child, but they can listen to what's happening in the, the parents' bedroom. So, l literally, uh, the access. Any time you have a fob and you open up your car, now, now the FBI has the ability to, to to pop open your car. They don't need to go to the manufacturer of the car and get a VIN number. They just get the frequency and pop your car open. So and all these electronics are now compromised. Everything is compromised. And it's almost as if the American public really, they don't care. I think most of the public doesn't understand uh, how vulnerable they are to spying, prying, uh, and the access of intelligence agencies, uh, or in some cases where there'd be greater consternation, I suppose, uh, law enforcement agencies going after, uh, quote-unquote, bad guys. One hopes with a warrant, but that's not necessary uh, always, is it? Well, you know, the past has proven that the warrants are, are rare in these cases. So it's... Uh... And, and the explanations afterwards are very uh, specious. As a matter of fact, they're not even specious anymore because they don't—they don't even want to. It's not like they want to even try to tie it to a ring of truth. They—they they just, uh, you know, okay, we we did that, and so what? Um, with the um, with the, the FISA Re Revision Act, they they basically all the companies that got the the uh, the general warrants. 
to uh, actually without the warrants to spy, you know, to use the telecommunication companies, they were uh, they were given indemnity retroactively. Um, so, you know, now all of a sudden that they're you know they're no longer held accountable, and that killed one of the uh, the major lawsuits that was going on at the time, um, which I think was uh, Hepting versus uh, AT and T. Boom! That, now that's dead because AT uh, with the government support, AT and T is now being cannot be held responsible for for breaking the law, which under the behest of the government, of yeah. course. So, it's it's pretty in. Um, we're in a new, we're, there's no question we're in a new world uh, when it comes to surveillance and when it comes to privacy. Uh, it, it's a, a difficult balance, if not impossible balance to maintain. Uh, and and I, I, I'm fairly sure that we know which way the government is going in every instance. I, I want to turn to uh, though the issue of uh, the external uh, foreign uh, enemies, uh, whether it be China, whether it be Russia, uh, and the CIA and NSA, some say, have lost their edge uh, in terms of surveillance, spying, intelligence uh, to both Russia and China, but certainly China. In many respects, it's a, it's a case of having uh, – we no longer have the, the proverbial uh, haystack to look for the needle. Now we have – because of, of the mass collection – um, and of course, we're, this mass collection is also being done overseas. We have the Mount Everest of of hay stack of hay that we're trying to find a needle in, and and when that happens, y- your systems are overloaded to the point where, where you can't find it, especially in a timely matter. Um, you know, basically, NSA had the information on on the 9/11 uh, uh, attack, but but they couldn't process it in time before the attack happened. Um, so, you know, in that respect, we've just overloaded ourselves to a point. In another, in another respect, we we no longer have the the analysts that, that are trained to do this sort of work when they when you don't have a a basic um, a mission or area expert. So they want everyone to move around within from one area to another, and you you, you lose your your um, your your in depth uh, capability of an individual. To become the expert in a particular field, it used to be someone became the expert in a particular field. When that person was starting to move on in their their career, they'd bring in a young pup, you know, out of college, and that that young that young um, apprentice would work with the master and learn the trade until the master retired from the intelligence community and off to the golf course. And now the young man or young lady who becomes becomes the expert in that field, and that 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 whole system also changed the intelligence community. That was one of Hayden's things, by the way. And, um, and so you no longer have mission experts. Yeah. Um, so th- these things... Now, now, uh, that sounds I, very I corporatist, are. by the way. That sounds very corporatist. Uh, and uh, I would suspect Michael Hayden of that uh, without even knowing, <laughs> knowing the reality. Uh, let, me, let me say this. We have just watched uh, explosions over the Kremlin uh, this past week. Uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, apparently, uh, they allege uh, an attempt to assassinate by drone and explosive uh, President uh, Putin. He says the United States came up with the idea and the Ukrainians, the Ukrainians tried to carry it out unsuccessfully. We're going to find out what Russ Tice thinks about it all when we continue. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're back with Russ Tice, former NSA senior intel analyst. Russ, your assessment of the failed assassination attempt, if indeed that is what it was, on Vladimir Putin. Well, I'm a little bit suspicious of, of this. Um, you know, one of the things they say in a war is the first, the first casualty is always the truth. Uh, then, then secondly, what happens is the made-up truth. So the, um, I, the fact that you know, what we see on TV is, is a silhouette of the Kremlin with uh, a couple explosions going off or something coming in from the side. Um, when you set up a, a ring of air defense around um, uh, critical targets, you, you don't you don't do it right from the critical target. You basically you you draw a, a circle around the, your critical targets, and then you you um, tactically put your your air defense capabilities uh, around that so that it can't even, once it approaches that critical target, you take it down. So to me, it just it seems a little bit contrived. So you think the Russians uh, put on a show for the world? Yes. Well, that's uh, then we get to the issue of the the pipeline that blew up. Uh, Russia blaming uh, the United States. Uh, Biden indeed had said that he could do that uh, months earlier, and then it happened. Any insight into what really did happen? Any uh, uh, educated uh, guesstimate? Well, you know, for the, for the what well, our explanation has changed over you know so many times, but supposedly some frogmen in a, in a rowboat or something with uh, with some tetratol and, and some fuses or something swimming down to 300 feet of water and finding you know not just one but uh, with a couple different pipelines that were blasted is, is incredibly ludicrous. Uh, yes. There are only a couple actors that could have pulled that off. Um, and, um, of course, it was the United States that did that. Um, you know, and, and basically, it was, uh, President Biden forecasted that when he was asked, you know, you know, well, how can you shut that down? He basically said something like, well, we can do it, and we have the ability, and we will. And, you know, come on. It's, um, it doesn't take a, a rocket surgeon to figure this one out. Um, uh, one of the questions I have is where was the USS Jimmy Carter when that happened? Uh, a specialty submarine that we have for doing interesting things at the bottom of the ocean and all, all parts of the ocean. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was the United States that did that. As far as the means we did it, I have a feeling we used a submarine. 
Well, it, it was a far more complicated uh, operation than uh, some news organizations have uh, intimated and suggested. Uh, I, I want to turn now to uh, this testimony that's upcoming uh, before the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees. Uh, the Republicans uh, will get to some testimony from uh, the CIA and tell officials who were participated in that that uh, extraordinary letter claiming that uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Uh, your thoughts about what transpired and how likely it is they'll get any meaningful uh, commentary from either any of those uh, intel officials? former officials. Well, I think it's amazing that they got uh, what they got from uh, from the former director that that, that said that said what he said. Uh, who is this guy? Mike uh, Morrell. Mike Morrell. Morrell. Deputy yeah, director Morrell. of CIA. So, but you know, I, they've got to be they got to be careful, you know, because they're being pulled in. And uh, I don't know what the uh, statute of limitation is for lying to Congress. But if we have, a, a, you know, a different president two years from now, um, you know, of, you know, they could end up in some really deep water. So uh, I have a feeling when they bring some of the other ones in, uh, Hayden and, and company and uh, Brennan and and uh, Clapper and Clapper and they're, they're Clapper, the, Clapper and Brennan are going to be first. But either either though, I have a feeling their memories will lapse on on this, mm-hmm. uh, and or I or they'll bring out the Fifth Amendment. Um, but more more than likely, the, the they will have. Uh, oh, oh, gee, I, I can't remember anything like that. But you know, let's turn to. I'm I'm afraid you're right, but uh, you know, we're going to cross our fingers. Uh, the White House declining to comment on the current CIA director's multiple meetings some um, nine years ago with Jeffrey Epstein. Are you surprised that the, the head of the CIA? Uh, a few years back, was having meetings with Jeffrey Epstein. Not at all. Matter of fact, it's it's this is a a, a pretty simple one. Uh, so how, everyone said, "Well, how did Je- Jeffrey Epstein make these tens of millions of dollars?" Well, uh, you know, you ever think that maybe he was working with the CIA and maybe the uh, MI6 and maybe the Mossad and setting people up uh, with honey traps that ultimately are on camera that they can ultimately be blackmailed. With that information, and Mr. Um, Mr. Epstein was the conduit for that activity, and was paid very well for. I have a feeling that uh, Mr. Epstein got a whole lot of the U.S. taxpayers' dollars uh, via CIA for 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 his services. Well, uh, that's I think a lot of people think that. Except there's also the curious case of the of the suicide, the alleged suicide. Uh, in uh, in a Manhattan uh, jail when uh, he was uh, supposed to be apparently released uh, two days hence from his his death you think that was was what was that that's even more simpler to figure out that that uh, all right so the cameras all of a sudden don't work the they violated their own you know, protocols in the in the in the jail house the roommate was uh, was removed a day or two beforehand. Um, the guards, very conveniently, who were very close to the cell, fell asleep. Um, and all, all 
all these different avenues where, where we have failures that, that allowed this to happen, this was obviously, obviously an assassination of Mr. Epstein. There's, it's pretty simple. Uh, now, now to, to pull something like that off, you need some powerful players and you need a whole lot of money. Um, and this this is very easily put into a, a, an operation that was run by probably the CIA. This is a black op uh, domestic hit on a U.S. citizen is what this was, because there's a lot of powerful people that so, um, that did not want Mr. Epstein to, to bring forth uh, you know, the, the, the true story. Well, I have to tell you that lots of us are shocked at that answer that you've just given us, Russ, uh, particularly when you think back to, to William Barr. William Barr, <laughs> Attorney General of the United States, said that after a careful investigation, he found a plausible basis uh, for the explanation that he was given by the Bureau of Prisons and what had transpired much to the deep regret of those uh, who, who uh, were hoping that Jeffrey Epstein would be able to tell tales uh, for some time about the individuals that visited uh, on the, what was it, the, the, the Lolita Express to the Epstein Island. Uh, I mean, I guess Barr has been gullible. Is that what you're saying? I, I think Barr was told to keep his mouth shut um, um, because this this thing would have been huge. The when, when we plan these things, there's there's all kinds of things that have to go into an operation like this. I, I imagine like those two guards that were involved, even though I think they were fired, they, they, it was determined that they were not they they weren't going to be prosecuted. And I I would. In, in my opinion is that that their bank accounts have been uh, flushed with cash over the last uh, couple of years, and that they're living quite well now. Now that's my opinion, but it'd be interesting to find out, uh, you know, how those two are are, are are making out these days in their forced retirements. Um, the right people, the right palms get greased, uh, the right equipment gets turned off, the right people get put in place. And uh, come on, you know, supposedly it, he he built what made a um, a noose out of sheets that, and these kind of sheets in these prisons are made out of like this this super pull this cloth that is, that pulls apart very easily. He had nothing to hang a, a rope on in the cell room. Uh, the the guy that did the real um, autopsy. Who they brought in? Uh, not not the one that initially from New York who who didn't want to open her mouth and kept hemming and hauling and finally said, yeah, yeah, this is, you know, a, a hanging. But the real one that was brought in said this more than likely because of so the neck bones that were broken was a strangulation. And there's there's a couple other things that I probably really shouldn't say about how something like this could have done. And I'll, I'll just hold my breath. But this, this was a CIA run operation. Well, you know, with that, Russ, we're going to we're going to conclude today. Uh, I, I, I what you made that sound like was the the Kennedy assassination, uh, which of course we still don't know the the ins and outs and explanations of. 
But I'd like to take that up with you next time uh, in your thinking and see also at the same time, if I can pry from you, uh, the, the, the secret handiwork that would have been required for a, such a CIA dark operation as you're describing uh, that might have been focused on none other than Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, my friend, it's been a fascinating discussion, uh, another chapter uh, in the books. I appreciate you being with us, Russ. Uh, we're going to give you uh, the uh, the last word here today, your concluding thoughts, if you will. Well, let's see. Over what we've gone over, I think the most important thing that we've discussed is, is the your feeling that the American people just don't understand, um, you know, how malicious... Uh, domestic spying against them is in my uh, somewhat cynical um, belief that uh, they don't care, that, um, that the American people need to understand how important it is and that um, that these things can be turned against them. And, and ultimately, it's something that's going to be used as the, the, the lifeblood of, of the deep state that will destroy our um, our republic. And, and, and the people need to understand that before before we have a despotic uh, government uh, police state. Yeah, I think that it's 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 I couldn't agree with you more. And I think it is that the American people just simply don't want to believe that their government could consider them enemies uh, and is working against them uh, through the intelligence agencies for purposes of the deep state uh, and frankly for tearing asunder uh, a, a great constitutional republic almost 250 years uh, ago. Uh, Russ, always great to talk with you. We thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to our next discussion, my friend. Russ Tice. My pleasure. Russ Tice, former NSA intel analyst, a great American. Join us about every week for our talks with Russ. That's all for us this week. Our guest Monday will be former DEA top official Derek Maltz on China's new weapon of mass destruction, its alliance with the Mexican drug cartels, and of course, with the Biden regime. Please join us for that Monday right here on The Great America Show. Until then, have a great weekend. God bless you, and may God bless America. America.